0: Hey friends, this is John McGee, and I wanted to take just a second before the end of the year uh, to say something to everyone who listens to this podcast, to say something to all the leaders. And if I just had a, just a couple minutes, if I could just look you in the eye and I could tell you one thing, here's, here's what I would tell you. Thanks. Thank you. That's the one thing I'd want to tell you as we close down this year. I would want to say thank you for the ways that you have led this year. The people that listen to this podcast are people who lead in churches, they lead in businesses, they lead in schools, they lead their families, and generally serve others around them. And uh, like, like every year, there's been ups and downs, but boy, this was something unique. And you've led through it, and I don't know if anyone has come back to tell you, but I just wanted to say thank you. And recently I was with our staff and I, I, I told them two things in this regard, and I just wanted to share them with you before the year closes. And, um, and here's the first, is that I want you to remember that, that people will often forget to say thanks, but God won't. People will forget to say thanks, but God won't. I came to faith when I was 17 years old, really 16 years old, and I had my very first Sunday school teacher. I didn't even know what that was, but I had a Sunday school teacher. His name was Kim. There's lots of things I remember about Kim, lots of ways that he invested in me, lots of things I I noticed about his life. But one of the things that stood out more than anything was that he called me every single week, like every single week Kim would call me. And he would call me at home, and this was the days before cell phones. We had one phone; it was in the living room, and uh, and so I would talk often with you know uh, earshot, within earshot of the the rest of my family. And and Kim uh, would it was kind of went the same same way every time. Kim would ask me about my week, and um, he would uh, remind me of truth. He would um, pray with me uh, for the things that were coming up. Um, uh, that week he would ask me about things that that he had prayed for last week because he had prayed for me pretty much every day until uh, you know uh, until he called uh, again or saw me uh, every every Sunday or came to my games or whenever it was that he saw me. he was always praying for me and ask how those uh, went and um, and he would just give me some type of encouragement and uh, and he did that every single week of my junior year. Uh, in high school, and he didn't do that just for me. He did that for all the other guys, uh, all the other young men in that class. And uh, we were kind of a mass, you know, just you know what you would expect a junior in high school to be. Just kind of uh, pretty self-assured. We were probably showed up at times, and Kim felt like uh, we were trying to portray to him that, that he was lucky to have us, and we were probably hard to deal with and didn't listen uh, as as we should. Uh, and Kim just loved us. He reminded us of truth. He he modeled what it looked like to be. Um, a god honoring man husband leader, churchman, and so we went to then a new Sunday school class our senior year went off to college, many of us got married went on to do other things and it's really amazing to look back and at least in my life and and that uh, and that small little window uh, of time those relationships that I made many of them are still dear to me, and how many of those you know young boys turned into godly men. Godly men who are pastors, godly men who are businessmen, who have a very, very kingdom-minded uh, ethos uh, about them and are doing really incredible things uh, for God through the context of business. They're great husbands. They're, uh, they're great dads. And, and Kim had a really profound impact. But I never got a chance to really go back and say thanks to Kim. Well, this year, um, through a series of events, I spoke at a men's conference and I got a little Facebook message right before the conference and it was from Kim and out of the blue, he said, hey, John, I heard you're going to come to our church and I just wanted you to know that that is where I go to church now. I can't wait uh, to see you and I thought, oh man. So I called the the pastor and said, I've got this idea, can I kind of thank Kim publicly in the service? He said, that'd be great. And so I laid out, I didn't reveal the name, but I laid out this man who had had a profound impact uh, on me and how I I'd, I'd got to see what it looked like uh, to love and to serve and to encourage and, and his and his family, you know, in some really tangible ways, sacrifice for our church. And I talked about all that and I said, you know what, guys, what's really interesting is that man is right here in the, in the congregation today. And I called out Kim. He was sitting in the back left and the whole congregation looked. And it was really fun to honor him, and I can't believe that it had taken that long for me to come back uh, and say thanks. And it just reminded the congregation that, you know what, everybody that's in this congregation, uh, they are akin to someone else. They have done some things, they've invested, they have sacrificed, they have encouraged, they have prayed, and people haven't come back and said thanks. But they're but they're having. Uh, an impact. They are, uh, they are bringing about change in other people's lives, whether or not uh, people come back and say thanks. And they often don't, they often forget. And I think about Luke 17. This is a really amazing story that Jesus healed 10 lepers. These are people that didn't have like a skin rash. These are people that uh, had a death sentence and they were ostracized from the community and Jesus healed them, 10 of them. And only one came back. Only one of them came back and said, thanks. The other nine forgot to say thanks. One, one came back and, and said thanks, and I've often when I read that, it's not the point of the passage, but I just think to myself, you know what? Jesus had a 10% return rate. Uh, I'm not Jesus, and the work that I'm doing is not that important, so I'm not going to get that same kind of return rate, and you probably won't either. doesn't mean that what we're doing isn't impactful. It just means that uh, oftentimes, people will forget to say thanks, but God won't. And the reason I know he won't is because of verses like Hebrews 6.10. And I want to just read this to you, but God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. People will forget, but God won't. And so you have led this year and uh, people have seen it, but they've been pretty caught up in their own stuff and some of their own um, kind of concerns and they've not come back to say thanks. And so for those uh, who didn't come back and say thanks this year, I just want to say thanks. The other thing I know about giving thanks is that people often don't know who to thank, uh, but God does. People don't know who to thank, but God does. A couple years ago, I was uh, on the island of St. Kitts with uh, my wife, Pam. We were celebrating uh, an anniversary, and we were driving around the island, and we came across this little museum. It was called the Amazing Grace Museum. And we went into uh, the museum, and it was the story, um, if if you don't know it, of John Newton. And John Newton is most, you know, kind of widely known as the author of what I assume would be the most widely sung Christian song uh, in the world, Amazing Grace. John Newton was the author uh, of Amazing Grace. He was also a pastor, and um, probably second, he's probably second most well-known for his work... um, Around abolishing slavery in England, he was an abolitionist and a really uh, important figure there. So uh, we know John, and you know if you've ever sung uh, "Amazing Grace" with some other uh, people who uh, follow God, it oftentimes it is uh, it is amazing. It is grace does seem sweet, and we're thankful. We really are thankful for uh, for John and the fact that he penned that. Well, as part of that museum, uh as you kind of hear the story if you don't if you don't know it, uh John was <laughs> was not on a path to be a pastor uh, in his early life. In fact, he was a, a slave trader. He trafficked in other human beings. And he didn't just trade in human beings. He did some pretty wretched things uh, to them. Uh, he was pretty far gone, and uh, I think from uh, many, you know, kind of observers would have thought that he is outside the bounds of God's grace, and God began to get a hold of him, and he landed on the island of St. Kitts, and he met, he met someone you have never heard of. I, I, I'd be shocked if anyone has ever heard uh, the name Alexander Clooney. And Alexander saw John. He met John. He saw something in John, and he began to call it out. And he began to give um, John a shot. And he let let him preach. And he discipled him. And he was calling him uh, to be used of God in ways I'm sure that John had never uh, really considered. And uh, I've read later John's kind of wrestling with his call to ministry, and he uh, obviously uh, responded to the call and felt like he should be a pastor, and he was a pastor. And he wrote the song, which is so amazing. And uh, he helped abolish slavery. But when he was on St. Kitts, there was a man that you've never heard of called Alexander Clooney that really was a catalyst in his life. And you can go back and read John's journals, and he talks about that time there on St. Kitts, and he talks about how grace became amazing and how grace became sweet. And it was in those moments that the foundation of that song was being laid. And um, you're grateful but you really don't know who to thank. People don't know who to thank, uh, but God does. And so there's a verse I, I love. It's First Peter 5, 4. And it says that when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away people don't know who to thank, but God does. And so you've oftentimes won't hear uh, the thanks. People don't even know who to thank. You don't know to thank uh, Alexander Clooney and people don't know to thank you for so many, so many things that are just good in the world, good in your church, good in your family, in your community. They don't know, they don't know who to thank, but, but friends, God does. God saw what you did this year, even though you did it imperfectly, and there's, uh, there's regrets uh, like, like there are every year. Um, there's some people that, that just didn't recognize, that don't even know who to thank, uh, but God does. So I don't know what you've done uh, this year. Uh, I don't know specifically how to thank you. But again, I just want to thank you, friends, for the ways that you've served uh, this year. And like you, I look back on 2020 as, you know, a bit of a tough one. And I'm really excited uh, to think about 2021 and about the promise and the possibility um, that a new year uh, brings. And I'm excited. But just before we get there, I just want to say thanks to you, our friends. People will forget to say thanks, but God won't. People don't know who to thank, but God does. Friends, thank you for the ways that you've led uh, this year. I hold many of you in high regard that I know, and I bet if I knew your story and what you've done, I'd hold you in high regard, too. Keep going. uh, Press on. God sees you. God knows. Thank you. Also, special thanks to Chris Hatley, who is our producer and makes all of this go. Friend, you make all of this better. Thank you. Friends, thanks for the ways that you served in 2020, and we look forward to serving you in 2021. Thanks.